free admission for real here. Starting a new audio, so to speak. I usually do five impactful minutes or so, but on account of the fact that I have typically seemingly gone over, well over, I should say, the five minute mark, I've decided to rename the show. So welcome to, I suppose you could say, the first edition of Be Nice to Impact or Not. In the case of tonight's impact, I would certainly say it falls under the latter category. So let's get right into it. This is a... I'm trying to think of a good way to word this. Coming off a rather enjoyable Bound for Glory show, I think I may have honestly, in hindsight, I may have been a bit overhyping it on my recent review of it with Ben by calling it potentially better than Glory by Honor because I've been thinking about it more and Glory by Honor was honestly like I would honestly say it was definitely a better show than Bound for Glory, but I thought Bound for Glory was a good show, and like I said, I still would say like top three, top four TNA pay-per-view this year, and enjoyable show, for sure, but I wouldn't necessarily say it was better than Glory by Honor, but it was a good way, you know, to uh, get fans going into their biggest show of the year, so to speak. So, how do we exactly do we follow that up? Well... Here we open the show with Aces and Eights, appearing with their own music, Titan Tron, they're entering from the LAX entrance of old, which seemingly seems to be a TNA trademark dating back to the days of Sport Entertainment Extreme in terms of stables entering from outside the usual entrance ramp. And we had six guys come into the ring, and we then had the president, I suppose, come on the screen and said that they beat Hogan at their own game, and they thanked Devon, and now you say Devon's now fully patched in, and so Devon made his way to the ring, hugged all the members in the ring, grabbed the mic, told the crowd to shut up, and it was met with you sold out chants, and that these are the kind of the guys that had his back, and that the people are the most, and that the audience, I should say, are the most no-good, inbred pieces of crap he's ever seen, and was saying, why did he do it? Because he could and thank the brothers because without them he would not be out there testifying today. If it wasn't for the guy that got him patched in, he would not be there and said that vowed that the group will destroy TNA, uh, Bully Ray, Sting, Hogan, and was mentioning that they asked why and was saying, do you think that uh, he forgot when Bully Ray cheap shotted him and put his sons through a table, an eye for an eye, payback's a bitch, etc, etc. This caused Sting to make his way to the ring, Bully, other, as well as others, including Garrett Bischoff, so it's good to know that TNA is saved because he's out there. Ended up in a big brawl, and then Hogan eventually made his way to the ring, and the entire Aces and Aids bailed. Apparently went to commercial break at this point. Again, I was live in the building, so I can only assume these sort of things. Uh, back from commercial, Hulk says they have to do what they gotta do, and the TNA troops uh, charge, but the uh, Aces and Aids stand off. And Hulk says that they may have gotten full access, but they will also have to fight. And Sting wanted to fight Devon. Hulk says it is Devon's choice, and he either fights Sting or leaves for good, which seems to be against the deal, but whatever. Uh, Bully wants the match, but Hulk made the match with Sting. Crowd was actually chanting for Bully as well, and Devon still agreed to face Sting. And Devon said if Sting didn't show up, they will find him in the parking lot. Uh, we had some highlights from Austin Aries versus Hardy at Bound for Glory and hyping up of Hardy celebrating his victory. We then had Austin Aries in the back who was mocking that Hardy got a celebration and said that he will be attending and bringing cookies. So, 
actually had a, a retro TNA run from many years ago in terms of when Abyss attempted to bring cookies for WWE. But <laughs> no one besides probably me and one Richard Trionfo really strongly remember this. But moving on, we had Hogan talking with Anderson backstage and said that Hardy's going to defend the title on Championship Thursday next week. And they're going to have a three-way match tonight with the winner getting a spot in that four pick to earn a shot at being a possible contender next week. Storm is already one of the four due to being Bobby Roode at the pay-per-view. Anderson gets a chance as well. Then Joseph Park showed up and said that he needed some of Hogan's time and said they need to talk alone. We then segued into Samoa Joe defending the television title against Robbie E. Since Robbie E, you know, has done so much to earn a television title shot, but why not? And in other words, basically it was pretty much a Samoa Joe squash. Killed Robbie E, killed Robbie T after the match, and moving on. We then had uh, Jesse Goddard and Tara backstage doing a photo shoot. Got rid of the photographer and said that they're the hottest couple ever and made out. We then had a non-title match between Tara and ODB. And ODB was on the phone backstage yelling at Eric Young for not being there. Uh, match was alright. It was pretty short. I mean, by, by their standards anyway, but it got pretty bad pretty fast considering that... ODB ended up being on the phone at one point during the match. Then Jesse Goddard at one point also got in the ring apron during the match, and ODB put his face in her chest. Not making this up. And then finish came when ODB slammed Tara into Jesse and spat booze in Jesse's face. TKO to Tara, 1-2-3, ODB got the win. Tess Mocker came out of the ramp and clapped for ODB. Backstage, we had AJ and Kurt Angle discussing being a tag team, but AJ says he has to do his thing to earn a shot at the world title. And they are in a three-way tonight with Christopher Daniels, which at this point, when I heard about the match, was very excited, considering that these three should have nothing but an amazing match, considering their work, and especially with the way that Impact has seemingly allowed TV matches to be good, but we will get into that in a bit. We then had a non-title match, another one, I should say, with Chavo Guerrero and Hernandez, the brand new tag team champions, taking on Kid Cash and Gunner. Pretty short match, not much to it. I mean, these two uh, teams had a pay-per-view match a couple months ago, which I thought was fine. Uh, this wasn't nearly as good as that due to the time. Uh, Chavo, and uh, Chavo actually won the match for his team via a big crossbody, which was sort of surprising, but uh, yeah, one clean as a sheet. Kid Cash and Gunner not exactly doing much to get a uh, spotlight, I suppose you could say. And it's also sort of funny to think, because, you know, I'm not trying to go on a bit of a tangent here, but at one point, Gunner was managed by Ric Flair earlier this year. I'll just leave it at that. Then had Joseph Park talking to Sting and Hogan backstage and said he wanted to at least fight one of them for what uh, Aces and Eights did to him. Bully showed up and wanted to talk. Uh, Bully thanks Sting for letting him be his partner. Says he's been around the world with Devon. He knows him like the back of his hand, and he wants to fight him tonight. Hogan said Bully will be one of the four men in the running next week for a title shot, but tonight Sting takes care of Devon. And Bully said Hogan needs to trust him more, and Sting went out to talk with Bully some more. We had some more highlights of Hardy and Aries from Sunday. And Jeff Hardy made his way to the ring and got a huge confetti celebration with Mexican colors, that I happen to notice. Uh, and then Jeff came out with his ugly, for lack of a better, uh, better word, title. It actually was silver, which, if I'm correct, his old title was purple. So, it's at least different in that regard. 
But uh, he thanked the fans for the support and says next week he can't wait to defend his world title. It's brought out Austin Aries, who came out with balloons and cookies on, on top of his promise from earlier. And he was singing Celebration on his way out. And he didn't want to take away from Jeff Hardy's victory, but he congratulated him on doing something superhuman, something that Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode, and Bully Ray couldn't do. And he beat Austin Aries on pay-per-view. And he decided to hand the balloons to Hardy, but Hardy let them float away. He decided to give him cookies, and Jeff slapped the plate of cookies away. And Aries said that Hardy wasn't carrying his world title, but then mentions that Jeff has a target on his back. And mentions how all the stress is going to be on top of Hardy. And some people crack under pressure, and Aries made fun of the crowd for chanting for Hardy. And said, mentioned how he can get a rematch clause at any time, but he will wait until he is ready. And Jeff uh, said to look at the belt because it's a face that Aries cannot beat. And Aries says he can get a spitting image of this image as well. And he decided to spit on the title. And they brawled, and then Aries bailed as he had a good laugh. Actually, in all honesty, out of this show, this is probably one of the more positive things about this particular edition of Impact, just simply for the fact that it's a very interesting take to actually not go the very cliche route of having a former world title holder actually decide to cash in immediately at the next pay-per-view, or even on the very next edition of the show on free TV. That's something that wrestling in general, I mean, TNA in particular, but... A lot of companies are notorious for this sort of thing, so if they actually don't end up doing it this uh, turning point, I'd actually be pretty impressed, but I honestly sort of feel that they'll end up going in that route anyway. And Christopher Daniels walking backstage and says that it may be down, but he's not out. He's got a chance to earn a title shot tonight, talking about how he's going to face Chavo Guerrero third, I believe he said, as well as Sean Hernandez Jr., talking about how the two of them screwed over the World Tag Team Champions of the World, and he will show what kind of man he is by beating Kurt Angle and AJ Styles. We then had a triple threat match, it was Christopher Daniels versus Kurt Angle versus AJ. Like I said, going into this match was very, very exciting to see. But, because it's on television, not exactly very good. I mean, well, excuse me, I should correct myself. It wasn't necessarily bad. It was a fine match for television, but not really much of note. I mean, it, it was basically the three of them doing their usual stuff. Uh, at one point, AJ hit a Cabrata uh, onto Daniels when he had the opportunity to be at Angle with a Springboard 450, which was sort of, you know, an incompetent babyface move, I suppose you could say. Um, but there was some good stuff throughout the match. At one point, Angle went on a huge suplex spree of various sorts. Uh, but finish came when uh, AJ was uh, holding his knee, following the moonsault. And he, when he went to toss Daniels back in the ring, uh, Angle managed to push Daniels into AJ. And then Angle slam, and that was the end of that. Which set up Kurt Angle to be one of the four people to be picked for a world title match next week, which would be now Bully Ray, James Storm, Kurt Angle, and Mr. Anderson. And again, not to get off into a tangent here, but it's just like I'm thinking to myself, you have you have the option to pick four people. And then one of those people has to beat two other people in order to get involved into this uh, picking of four. So why did, I mean, James Storm, he beat Rude, that's understandable. Anderson didn't exactly do much, that's not understandable. And Bully Ray helped Sting, but again, he didn't get the job done with what he was supposed to do. So, just a bit annoying in terms of continuity, I suppose you could say.
We then had Joey Ryan and Matt Morgan meeting with Hulk Hogan backstage. Hogan said he was a huge fan of Ryan and then asked what, he, what is up with Morgan jumping people. Morgan called Hogan Terry and promised to make him into a and said that Hogan promised to make him into a household name. And Hogan says he was a fan and supported Morgan the entire time, but at the end of the day, people in the back said he had no charisma and says that he will shove everything up the backstage people's asses. So, got some more Matt Morgan stuff to look forward to, as well as Joey Ryan. Uh, James Storm making his way to the ring, and Storm said when he was young, he was taught the saying that what goes around comes around, and it's been a year since he won the belt, and at this year's Bound for Glory, he bled buckets, kept checking, uh, he kept getting back up from himself, his family, and his friends, fans, and he made a list said that uh, number 10 on the list was kick the crap out of brood. That was checked off. Said that number 9 through number 2 was to drink beer, which was actually pretty funny. Check. And then said his uh, list was win back the world title, which is his only thing left right now. And next week he will get a shot if Hogan chooses him. Rude's music hit, and he made his way to the ring. He was limping, uh, noticeably beaten up from his match bound for glory. He said they made good on a promise, and that they promised that they would give everything that they had, blood, sweat, tears, and they kicked the crap out of each other, and had one of the most bloodiest battles in wrestling history. And Rude said he's not kissing Storm's ass, and said that Storm should be kissing his, on account of the fact Storm was able to beat Rude, and he went from the bottom to the top. Rude said that Storm needed his entire career, he was uh, said that he himself was the backbone of beer money. Storm became a champion last year because he Rude gave Storm the chance, and Rude then said that despite his loss to Bound for Glory, Storm knows that Rude will always be the better man. Storm thought about this for a second, decided to say no, and super kicked Rude, and that was the end of that. Honestly, some pretty good points by Rude, but I'm hoping that this feud does not continue on account of the fact that the match they had on Sunday was really good and was about as good of a blow-off as they need. The only issue, of course, is now that Rude is lost. Uh, I'm hoping that he does not get lost in place because he's really good. And he's really had uh, probably the best, uh, excuse me, I should say the best year of his career in terms of like showing character development as well as having good in-ring work. I mean, he's part of arguably my favorite TNA match this year and him and Aries at Destination X. So hopefully they can find something good for him to do. We had Devon and Sting. We saw Devon and Sting backstage preparing for their match. Uh, had the promise of Hardy defending the title against the four, as well as I believe they confirmed Miss Tessmacher and Tara in a rematch from Battle for Glory. Then had a match between Sting and Devon. It went a long time, longer than any other match on the show. Really was not very interesting. I mean, the two of them brawled around the ring. It was a typical Sting brawl in 2012. And. Of course, it ended with a schmoz finish, uh, in that it ended with DQ after the Aces and Eights ran in. Ran in, beat down Sting. TNA locker room came out to clear out uh, Aces and Eights. Bully Ray came out, cleared the ring with a bat, and chases after them. He actually threw the bat, and the bat bounced off where the stands, or one section of the stands are in the impact zone. The bat actually bounced off the wall and hit a sound tech guy in the head, which I'm not sure if it made it on television, but it was. Poor guy. Because <laughs> this bat, like, you had to have seen it to believe it. Like, it just went flying. Just perfect bounce and just perfect ricochet. And guy was not feeling too good. But we had another brawl to end impact. What can I say? This was not a very good show. 
at all. And definitely not the kind of show that they needed to have following a rather enjoyable pay-per-view this past Sunday. would say that the three-way was a good match. I know that I wasn't overly kind to it, just simply for the fact that with those three, I would have such a high expectation, and for the fact that they only gave him seven minutes or so, and then gave the main event more time than that. Devon, more time than the AJ Styles, Kurt Angle, Christopher Daniels in the same match. That's pretty pitiful on their part. And then I did like Aries' portion of the promo again, uh, with him and Hardy, but the rest of the stuff, it wasn't overly... It wasn't like it was the worst stuff ever, but it was not very good. And I just hope that they can manage to find a better direction uh, going towards Turning Point and just going towards the future in general. Since, really, I mean, just go, looking back on TNA 2012, while they have not been perfect by any means, they've certainly been better than they have been in recent years uh, when they had Russo under the mark. I mean, uh, some of the... When you look back on like their television programming from like 2007 through 2009, there was just so much horrible stuff. And then 2010 as well is absolutely hor horrendous for the most part. And 2011 was not very interesting. So, with the way that they're actually pushing TV match quality, I mean, or they have been pushing TV match quality since Pritchard took over, it's been overall an enjoyable program. And following their biggest pay-per-view of the year, they just should have come back with something stronger than this, I would say, wholeheartedly. But we will. That remains to be seen. In all honesty, if I were, if I were you, and I have not, you, the listener, and I have not watched a show this particular week from wrestling. I would actually, since at this point in time I have recorded after the show is taking place, I would spend the 15 bucks, or uh, actually, no, it is 15 bucks, and go to WWNLive.com and order Shine 4 because that was actually a very good show, which I will probably do in a separate review from here, but it was a very good show, making it 5 out of 5 in terms of pay-per-views that were quality in the month of October between New Japan, UFC's pay-per-view, Ring of Honor, TNA, and now Shine. So, hooray for wrestling. It can be very positive. Hopefully Hell in a Cell next week will be number 6 in that regard, but not exactly getting my hopes up for that. But... Let me all know if you were the fan, or let let me know. Well, you all should let me know. Let's see if I can get this right. If you like the name change, I personally think that, especially with such a deplorable episode of Impact Tonight, name change is probably a bit more fitting. Especially with the fact that, I mean, when I initially started up the five impactful minutes or so, I felt like I was essentially ripping off Mark, even though Mark approved of it, uh, Ben approved of it. I know uh, some of the listeners al uh, also approved of it, but I felt like I needed to go for something a bit more uh, a bit more original, I suppose you could say. I didn't want to necessarily use that word, but credit to Richard Trianfo for taking the Be Nice to Impact and giving his own little spin on it, so now we have this. And just give me some feedback, let me know if you liked it, and hopefully it will be back very soon with an audio, probably reviewing Shine 4 and just talk about some Shine in general on account of the fact that we're now four IP reviews in and I feel that they are a very fun company, it's well worth checking out. So we will get back to that shortly, until next time, I'm JP Nichols, talk to you all again very soon.